You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Get your Bible, get your highlighter, get your notepad out, and get, to, get ready to take some notes today. And uh, God has got a great word for you. And uh, we're, just, we're just so excited. I can't say that enough. I'm excited about the times that's coming. Uh, you know, I think so many times, just like when Jesus was on the cross, the enemy thought he had won. But man, on that third day, the tomb opened. Jesus came up out of the tomb. He went, he, he, he went to hell and He took the keys to death, hell and the grave, and then He ascended to on high. Listen, we may look like things right now are bleak, but I'm telling you, victory's coming. Victory's, it's already been won. Listen, we just, we just need to proclaim it. We need to confess. We need to know that it's headed our way. Hallelujah. We have the promise in the Word of God. So grab your Word this morning and, and let's get into this. I, I, again, I'm just I'm thrilled to be able to be here with you this morning and to share this Word with you. Um, last week, we, we began to talk about uh, transition. Every, every human being, every person has to go through transition. And, and I shared with you last week that transition is change. Change. Constantly having a new growth experience. If, if you're not changing, if you're not in transition, you're not growing. You become stagnant. God, God has called us to change and to transition. He told us in Romans 12 too, He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be, let your mind be changed to the things of God. We need to understand that, that this change is growth. I got to thinking about this last week and, and God brought it back to remembrance this morning that, that I remember when my son TC, who's 21 now, uh, was was about 12 years old, I guess, and he was going through uh, this growing stage, these growing pains, as we call it. And I remember he would uh, he would wake up in the middle of the night, and he was in such pain. And, and and I would go into his room, and he'd he'd be crying. He said, "Dad, just pray for me. Lay hands on me and pray for me that the pain would go away." And I would pray for him, but I said, son, this is, this is part of growing. This is just part of what's going on. And, and, and he went through these growing pains, and it seemed like overnight he went from five foot nothing to over six foot tall. But in the middle of the pain, um, he wanted me to pray that it would go away. But today, at 21 years old, at six foot something, where he's now looking down upon his dad, he wouldn't want to change where he's at today, even though he had to go through then what he had to go through. The reward of his stature today was worth the pain that he went through then. Let me just tell you, church, we're experiencing growing pains. We're experiencing growing pains in the world we live in. We're experiencing growing pains in the community and even in our church. But the reward is coming. The reward that is on the way will make us forget all the discomfort that we have experienced during this time of transition. We must embrace transition in our family, in the world, and even in the church right now. Think about the church. Think about the church. Not not just this church. Not just whatever church you may attend when you attend church. But think about the church. The global church. The the church was was founded rather when Jesus spoke to Peter. Spoke to His disciples. In around 30 A.D. Jesus founded His church when he said this in Matthew 16, verse 18, he said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 
Jesus founded His church right there. He said, this is what the church will look like. Then that church was established on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, Peter said, repent and let every one of you be established. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. He was talking about us. As many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then catch this. Then those who gladly received His Word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Listen, amongst all the fear of persecution, amongst all the pain, death, and tribulation that they were going through in the early church, Nero was was taking the the people from the church and and people were being persecuted, people were being crucified, people were being fed to, to beasts, and yet the church received His Word. And they begin to praise Him. They, they, they begin to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They, they knew what may await them, but they, they still confessed Jesus as Lord. And the church began to grow. The Bible says they gladly received and grew. Listen, things change. Things change. We are in transition. If you think about the, the global church and you think about when it was founded, when it was established, and what was going on in those times, the the men of the church back then would have worn tunics. They would have met from house to house. They did not have a church building like I'm standing in today, and they didn't have a worship team like we had this morning. Much has changed, and much has grown since the first century church. I think about this. We were talking about this Wednesday night. I think about the song, Amazing Grace. The song Amazing Grace, as powerful as that song is, was written in 1779 by John Newton. It was not written by King David. It was not written by the Apostle Paul. It is, it is a song. It is a worship song. I think about those that, that, that are so staunch in their belief of the King James Bible. And I don't want to shake you and I don't want to get you to tune me out right now, but the King James Bible was written in 1611 by King James VI. And, and he had it written for the church in England at that time. What I'm trying to get you to understand is this. There's been much transition since the first century. There's been much transition since the 17th century and even since the 20th century. Things have changed. We have many more worship songs today that we can exalt the King. We have many more other great translations of the Bible today to help people understand and receive the Gospel. But it took people willing to change. Even though things are changing in this world, the Word of God never changes. We will not and we must not allow the message to change. Even though the method, even though the messenger is going to change, we must not let the message of the Gospel change. We need to embrace transition in that which is good and pleasing to God. But we cannot change the truth. And this is the truth. God is immutable. God is immutable. Malachi 3.6 If you have your Bible, go to Malachi 3.6 and let's look at this. Malachi 3.6 He says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. 
I am the Lord and I do not change. I think about all that we read in our Bible. It was the same God that brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. It was the same God that was with Job and He said, even though you've lost much, I will restore to you double. It was, it was the same God that was with David when a giant was standing before him and he said, but it was the same God that, that, that helped me with the lion and the bear that will help me defeat you. It's the same God that brought Jesus out of the grave that is working on our behalf. It is the same God that is going to bring us through this coronavirus. It's the same God that's going to help us to, to defeat our battles. It's the same God that is working in our lives today. God is immutable. There, there, I love this. Vocabulary.com said this. There are many things that are immutable. These unchangeable things include death, taxes, and the laws of physics. Can you say amen to that? The adjective immutable has a Latin root that means not changeable. Immutable, not changeable. God is not changeable. We have to transition. We have to change. We have to embrace change. But the thing that we have to embrace is that God does not change. James chapter 1, verse 17 in the New Living Translation. James 1, verse 17, New Living Translation. says, Whatever is good and imperfect is coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts shifting shadows. God never changes. I like what author Don Stewart said. Author Don Stewart said, when one changes, they usually change for the better or the worse. Since God is absolute perfection, no change for the better is possible since you cannot approve on perfection. Our God is perfect. There's, God does not change. His ways are perfect. His Word is perfect. His victory is perfect. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Flip over there. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Have you heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. The Creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of His understanding. I know that with all that's going on right now, people are asking, man, what is God doing? What, 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 is, what is God going to do through all this? People have many questions right now. And, and I say this, depending on where your relationship is with God will determine how you view Him in every situation of your life. Depending on where your relationship is with God, depending on how much time you're spending with Him in His Word, depending on how much time you spend uh, praying, depending on, on how close you're drawn near to God, the more we pursue, the more we understand. The more we press in, Isaiah said, we can, we can begin to, to reach into the depths of His understanding. So depending on where you are with God will depend on how you view Him in every situation. In an ever-changing world, I want to help you strengthen your faith this morning in a never-changing God. In an ever-changing world, we need to strengthen our faith in a never-changing God. First, you need to understand this. Number one, God's personality, God's character never changes. 
God's personality never changes. God is a trustworthy God. Psalm 33, 4 says, The words of the Lord is right, and all His work is done in truth. Psalm 111, verse 7 and 8 says, The works of His hands are verity and justice. All His precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. God is truth and will never change. His Word is truth and it will never change. We can trust in His Word. We can trust in His truth because God never changes. If God said it, that's all we need to know and that's all we need to believe and we can stand on that truth. Number two, God is just. God is just. One of God's personalities is that He's trustworthy, but the other one is that God is just. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I like this in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are justice, and God of truth, and without injustice, righteousness and upright is He. And He is righteous and He is upright. You know, there are not many people in this world uh, today. Uh, pe- people have heard us. People, people have said things and, and promised us, uh, us things. And it, it makes us not trust many people today and all that's going on. There are many people that are not just. There are many things going on in, in the po- political realm and things today. But this is the deal. God is just. Though we may not trust certain people in mankind, we can trust the Lord and we know that He is just. And not only is He trustworthy and just, but God is merciful. Our God is merciful. James chapter 5, verse 11 says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Our God is merciful. God knows what we're going through. God is is not caught off guard by by storms or coronavirus. God understands and God is merciful. As I mentioned earlier, Job lost much, but but all that he got was greater than all that he lost. Many of you have lost many things, but let me just tell you, what God has in store for us is greater than what we had. We need to push in. Our God is merciful. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Listen, if you trust in God, if you believe in His promises, if you understand that He is a just God, if you understand that He is a merciful God, then you understand that He is a faithful God and He will not put more on us than what we can bear. He has strengthened us. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, His Spirit indwells you. Let Him take control. Let Him lead, guide, and direct you. He tells us that His Word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And His Spirit will lead us along that path. We understand that our God is faithful. And we also understand that our God is love. The greatest personality of our God is love. 1 John 4.10 says, In this love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sin. God loves us. 
If God loves us, then we need to understand that God is for us. That God is faithful. That God is true. That God is just. That God is merciful. And that even though we're going through these times, God is with us because He loves us. So understand this. God's character and God's personality does not change. Number two, God's promises never change. God's promises never change. God promises to provide for you and for I. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need, have need of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Listen, seek first God. Seek first God, and God will take care of your financial need. God will take care of your emotional need. God will take care of your spiritual need. God will take care of your physical need. God wants to take care of you. God wants to provide for you. He says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Our God promises to provide for you and for I. God promises to protect us. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Our God promises to protect us. And He is faithful. And He will guard you and keep you if you will put your trust in Him. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, you need to highlight that verse. Isaiah 41.10. You need to print that and put it on your refrigerator. You need to tape that to the dash of your car. You need to understand that we don't need to fear during these times. Our God is with us. We don't need to be dismayed. God is for you. He will strengthen you. He will help you. He will uphold you with His righteous right hand. God promises us to protect us. And God promises His presence to be with us. He promises His presence to be with us. Psalm 139.7 says, Where can I go from Your Spirit? Or where can I flee from Your presence? Listen, that's why I can pray today standing right here in the sanctuary of Trinity Allgood and I can speak to you wherever you're at. And God can move and God can touch you and God can heal you. Because this is the deal. His presence, He is is all places. All we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. All we have to do is confess Him and He is right there with us. God promises His presence with us, but God also promises our eternity with Him for those that call upon the name of the Lord. He promises us eternity with Him. John 14, verse 1 says, Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. David took comfort in this. I can't bring my son back, but I can go where he is at. We can find comfort and we can find strength in the promises of God that God intended in eternity for you and for I. Listen, this, world, this earth is but a vapor. This world that we live in is but, but, a, but for a short time. 
I know that sometimes it seems like this thing's been going on forever, but eternity with God is what we long for. It's, he's placed it in our heart. And we can take stock in His promises that He wants us to be with Him. So we need to understand these things. The, the, we need to understand that, that God is immutable. He does not change. That, that God's personality and character doesn't change. That God's promises never change. And we need, so, need to also understand that God's purpose never changes. God had a purpose. God had a purpose when He created man in the Garden of Eden. God had a purpose when He sent Jesus to this earth. God has a purpose. Job 42.2 says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God has a purpose. What is God's purpose? So that you and I may be saved. God's purpose is to save us. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Jesus came to the world to save sinners. God had a purpose. God, God, God had it all planned out from before the beginning. Listen, people, people were in a panic during those times. People were wondering what was getting ready to take place. But when they cried out to God, he came into this earth in the form of man, God incarnate, born of a virgin. He taught us. He lived among us. He suffered for us and He died on a cross and He rose on the third day. Then He ascended into heaven where He poured His blood out on the mercy seat for you and I. He intercedes for you and I today. God's purpose is that sinners would be saved. Psalm 57 verse 2 and 3 says, I will cry out to the God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send me from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. He reproaches the one that will swallow me up. God came to save and to protect you and I. His purpose is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His purpose is to make you and I His own. Psalm 33, verse 11 and 12 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of His heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord, the people He has chosen as His own inheritance. Listen, not just the children of Israel, but He says, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. That is our nation. If we would humble ourselves, if we would cry out to heaven, if we would bow our knee, if we would quit worrying about politics, quit worrying about the news, quit worrying about man, quit worrying about all these other things, but trust in the Lord and cry out to Him in our nation, God's purpose is to make us His own and to save us from this perverse generation. God's purpose is that we would bring Him much glory. God's purpose is that we would bring Him glory. Isaiah 43.7 says, Everyone who is called by My name whom I have created for my glory. I have formed Him. Yes, I have made Him. Do you understand that you were created for God's glory? You may not be operating in it right now depending on where your relationship was with God, but you were created for His glory. You were created to bring the God of the universe glory. Not, not, not beast, not any animal of the field, not any vegetation, but mankind. Everything else God spoke into existence. Man, God breathed 
into His nostrils. Man, God created with His hands to bring Him glory. We were created in His image to give glory to our Creator, to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords. God is immutable. God will never change. God's personality, God's promises, God's purpose are immutable. Things in life, things in this world, things in the church, things in His body will change. But His Word never changes. We must get our eyes off of man and get our eyes on God. We must understand that man's opinions vary, but God's opinion is the only one that matters. We are His workmanship. We were created for His glory, to fulfill His work, to proclaim His Word, to be a light to a dark world. God did not say that He would build this church on shifting sand. He said that He would build this church upon the rock. Listen, He didn't build His church to waver every time the winds and the rains came. He built His church upon a foundation that would stand firm. This rock that He built this church on is not Peter. So many people look at this Scripture in Matthew 16 and they they think that Peter was the rock that He built the church. God built His rock not upon Peter the man, but upon Peter's confession. Peter's confession in Matthew 16.16 says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Have you confessed out of your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Christ, is the Son of the living God. Have you made Him Lord of your life? Because if He's Lord of your life, you are part of His church. And that church is built on the solid rock. That church is built on the immovable foundation. Things change in this world. Circumstances change. We need to transition. But we need to put our trust in God. We need to put our trust in the One that never changes in our immutable Lord. Jesus is that rock. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. When He spoke to the disciples and He began to talk to them about this church that He was going to uh, establish upon the rock, when He ascended into heaven and He sent His Holy Spirit and He began to form and to shape His church, He had a plan then and that plan is still the same today. And the gates of Hades cannot do anything about it. We cannot be shaken. We cannot be moved. Not by our circumstances. Not by coronavirus. Not by storms in this world. Because our foundation is in Him who changes not. God is immutable. Today in these changing times, we need to put our faith in the one true God who never changes. Let me ask you today, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever you're watching from, is He your rock? Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Do you spend more time watching the news or reading the paper or checking out the the, the, uh, COVID report every day than you do in your Word? Do you spend more time watching televisions that do nothing for you or do you spend more time reading and praying? We need to spend more time in His promises. 
We need to spend more time knowing what His purpose is for you and I. We need to spend more time understanding what His personality is, that He changes not. Listen, God has a plan. What do you believe in? Where do you put your trust? Where is your confidence this morning? I'm going to ask you this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to cry out to Him and ask Him to be Lord of your life and to build your foundation upon that rock that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's not moved. He does not change. Would you pray with me this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this morning and ask Him to become Lord of your life. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you say, you know what? I'm not where I need to be. I want to grow deeper. I want to grow stronger. I want to take this time that God has given me while I'm at home and I want to dig closer to Him. I want to hunger for the things of God. Then pray that this morning. And if you say, listen, man, I've been seeking. I've been, I've been going after God. Then I'm going to ask you to pray this morning. Pray, God, use me. Help me to encourage others. Help me to be a light in the world during these times. Help me to sure up my foundation. Would you pray with me this morning, each and every one, wherever you're watching from, just bow your head this morning and let's pray. Father God, I pray for each and every one of these. I pray for those that may not know You as Lord and Savior, that today they would call out to You that they would confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, they would believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, that they would call right now and repent of their sins, that they would say, Lord, I am sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus. Make me new. Father, if, if they're born again and, and, and they've just struggled, and this whole thing has kind of shifted their world, I pray today that they would sure up their foundation that they would cry out to You and say, Lord, let me hunger for a greater move of God in my life. Lord, come into my life. Form me and shape me. If there's anything not pleasing to You, remove it from my life this morning. Let me establish my foundation in You this morning. And for those that say, listen, Lord, I'm good with You. I know that I'm right with You. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But Father God, help me to do more to be a light in this time, in this world. Lord, I thank You that I'm established upon this rock that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and Lord of my life. Father, if there's those that are struggling this morning with all that's been going on, Lord, they, they've been watching these messages. They understand, what about this transition? What's going to be when we come out of coronavirus? What's it going to be when things begin to open up? What's going to take place? We know that it's not going to be the same as it used to be. It's going to be different. But Lord, where do we find our strength? We find our strength in You. The immutable God. God that does not change. The same God that was there yesterday, that will be there today, that will be there tomorrow. We put our trust in You. Thank You, Father God, for what You're doing. Thank You, Father God, that You receive the glory for those that have been healed, for those that have been strengthened, for those that have been saved, for those that have rededicated, for those that have been filled with Your Spirit sitting right where they're sitting. Dear God, we're building a testimony. We're building, we're building a testimony that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. That Jesus Christ was that Lamb. He is our Lord and He is our foundation. Father, I thank You for all that you're doing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org. Thank you.